You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's say hello to our good friend, Cordell Stewart, my co-host on NFL No Huddle. for Eastern weekdays off tomorrow because of the NFL doubleheader. Join us on Tuesday with all the fallout from a wild holiday weekend. Cordell, let's start with this game for the Jaguars. What's the more troubling development in this game? Blake Bortles played like the old Blake Bortles, three interceptions, or this tough defense was carved up by Jimmy Garoppolo? I would say the defense is carved up by Jimmy Garoppolo because Blake Bortles has been able to play that way all year long, and they won spite of him. But because the defense was so good, uh, you end up seeing the team actually end up winning. And I think today, with Jimmy Garoppolo being able to lead the charge and, and get the ball to many receivers on this roster, I mean, it was pretty darn good, like Trent Taylor. I mean, you saw him catch a couple balls and catch a touchdown and had some great stories about him. Uh, to also Goodwin and being able to be a part of catching the football out of the uh, from the wide receiver position and having Carlos Hyde. I mean, it's just an all-around game, I thought, by Kyle Shanahan to put his quarterback in position to expose this defense that's been known to create turnovers, but most importantly, being able to take them back to the house. But they were playing some good football, but I just think sometimes in games like this where you have an offense on the opposing team that's able to, to control drives and get points, those interceptions by Blake Bortles become even more penalizing when it comes down to being able to get the football back and do something good. So they just ran into a juggernaut, and I think, and, and as I tell you all the time, the mastermind in Jed York and what he's accomplishing over there with not just the GM, not just the head coach, but they end up taking Jimmy Garoppolo in the midnight hour, and this team has gone 4-0 ever since he's became the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. All right, Cordell. Uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots uh, edge out a win today against Buffalo. Now, we've watched Tom throw some sensational passes, but we've also watched him throw some errant throws, ending up in the wrong hand in the wrong uniform. When you look at you know Brady and his struggles as of late, what do you say when you're watching a game that could be the cause for why we've seen so many mistakes by Tom Brady uh, in the back half of the season? Well, mainly you look within a division. It's always tough to play against the Miami Dolphins. You know the record before the game they played a few weeks ago, the record was he was 7-9 and nine over his career traveling down to Miami. And then playing against Buffalo, you always end up finding out that it's always a tough game playing against Buffalo. Buffalo was in that game uh, when playing against them. Uh, but I think that's what you really get um, out of a team uh, that has to travel on the road and play against some of the better teams playing against the Steelers all the way to the bitter end to where it became a decision made, uh, whether it be an incomplete pass or a catch by some, but based on the rules, and it's an incomplete pass, which I think alluded to um, them actually having a chance to win it. But it's a part of the game, and they're going to get teams' best shot. You know, and if they're not on point, if you're losing Jimmy Garoppolo, if the defense is not playing good, holding up their end of the bargain, getting gashed to – the offense not being able to protect the way they should and, and not being able to convert like they normally do, uh, I think you have to sum it up to say this. Even though it's not as pretty, pretty as we want to make it or sometimes make it, excuse me, what's the end result? And the end result is they play well enough to win football games. And sometimes when you have your team that's been known to be really good uh, more times than not and you find yourself struggling, if you can squeak out wins, that gives you opportunities to when the postseason comes to play at home at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, 
their chances of being successful are extremely high because they very rarely lose at home. So I think right now with New England, it's not too much you can say bad about them because they always find ways to make it work, regardless of how ugly it's been looking as of lately. But that's a football team when playing against them, excuse me, that you have to be prepared to play for 60 minutes. And that's what Buffalo could not do. Because I honestly will tell you this. I thought this game was going to be much closer in the end than what it was, but for obvious reasons, because the team is better. And I think schematically on the defensive side of the football, uh, even though I thought that catch, it was a catch. Uh, I know. I thought it was a catch too, Cordell. We don't know what a catch is anymore. And Calvin Benjamin had the points taken off the board when it appeared he had both feet down, taking you around the league with our good friend Cordell Stewart, my co-host for NFL No Huddle. We're off tomorrow because of the Christmas doubleheader. So join us on Tuesday and then the rest of the week. We come your way weekdays for Eastern. Kansas City beat Miami. Chiefs clinched the division championship, and watching them closely, the offense has looked different over the course of the last few weeks since Andy Reid gave up the play-calling duties. So knowing that the Chiefs are going to host a playoff game, do you think this team could make an impact when we get to the postseason? Yeah, that's that's going to be pretty interesting to see uh, and try to figure out because they'll probably end up hosting their first game at home and then having to travel in a divisional game. Uh, but, you know, I think they get past week one, uh, honestly. Uh, it may ha- end up having to play somebody like the Jacksonville Jaguars. I haven't seen it. Don't hold me to this one. Uh, I think they have a chance because they have all the pieces in place. The team is somewhat healthy. It's just going to be the decision-making and, and how fast can they get started because we've seen them start off slower and not be able to finish strong enough, but yet they find ways to get games uh, on their side as far as wins are concerned because they struggled against playing against the Miami Dolphins over, over the career um, over some time, but I think they'll be fine, honestly, but they won't make it. They won't make it to the conference championship game for sure. I think they've struggled too much and have too many deficiencies out there on tape uh, that'll cost them uh, to make it work, uh, make it not work. And defensively, they haven't created enough turnovers. They're not making the big plays when you need them to make the big plays. And I think that somewhat has been the Achilles' heel to some of their success as of late, which is they hadn't been able to create those turnovers and taking them back to the house uh, for whatever reason that is. So. You know, they seem like they have to heavy, rely heavily on this offense. Trevor, Trevor Kels, Travis Kelsey, excuse me, uh, along with Hill and along with Hunt, you know, you have to find, and Alex Smith even. So I just think it's one of those cases where Kansas City, they're a good football team, uh, but I think their, their, their dreams and aspirations after winning a wild card game, I think, ends after that. Cordell, no, no postseason hopes for your former coach Bruce Aarons and the Cardinals, they're seven and eight. But they knocked off the Giants twenty-three to nothing. But more impressively, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, even in his twilight hour of his career, continues to make play after play. You know, nine reception, one hundred nineteen yards, one touchdown. We've even saw him throw a pass in this game as well. What would you rank him uh, amongst all-time leading receivers in the NFL? Well, you look at his tenure and the things that he's done with the Arizona Cardinals. How many quarterback has he gone through? He's gone through Jeff Blake. He's gone through Kurt Warner. He's gone through Carson Palmer. Now he has Blaine Gabbert. I mean, this is, this is a man that has a multitude of lives and, and being able to play similar to Tim Brown with a multitude of, of quarterbacks, whether it's through injuries or just change and changing up gods. He actually had a chance to play with Anquan Bolden way back when at the very beginning of his career. And, and I think he's done nothing but sustain his style of play throughout his entire time, whether it's playing on the outside 
because he was capable because of his speed and, and, and being able to have the one-on-one matchups and play against their number one cornerbacks to now moving into the slot position and becoming even more reliable in there and creating matchup problems with linebackers and some nickel and dimes who are much smaller DBs uh, than the other guys are. So it's one of those cases for me with Larry Fitzgerald where, you know, he's somewhat the GOAT, in my opinion, uh, when it comes to this day's receiver in a sense of his long tenure, the things that he's accomplished, the only thing that he didn't get on his on his side is a championship. But he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. If you rank him amongst the top, uh, of course you'll have – I think Jerry Rice deserves the respect to be that because he was the first to go out and do it the way he did. Then you kind of fight between T.O. and Randy Moss. I think you have Isaac Bruce that you can throw in there, but his tenure was a little short. But yet the way he did it was second to none. Uh, and, and, and I think Fitzgerald probably land, I think, in the top five, to be honest with you, because the things he did was second to none to anyone. And he very rarely was hurt. He was most dependable. But last but not least, when it came down to making the plays that he needed to make, he made them on a consistent basis, regardless of how bad the team was. He was always the standout. Taking around the league with Cordell Stewart. Cordell, Seattle defeated Dallas 21-12. to That means the Cowboys will not be going to the playoffs a year removed from winning the division championship. Jason Garrett is presumably safe as the head coach of the Cowboys. Do you think we could see other changes? You've been critical on our show of Rod Marinelli, the defensive coordinator of the Cowboys. As well as, as, well as Lanahan on offense. And this is why I say this. Is if you watch the game like the Rams, uh, you watch their receivers, even the New England Patriots and their receivers. Those guys create separation. Des Bryant is not a number one anymore. And for whatever reason, they're still trying to address his, his position or his spot on the field as if he's the, a number one receiver. They don't create separation. Uh, they don't create those gaps and spaces, whether it's based on their, their creativity of their routes. I mean, they're not even running good routes. Everything just looks bland. There's nothing that, that looks exciting or exuberant. I mean, think about the routes we saw today. What do we get? Dez Bryant on a crossing route. What do we get? Terrence Williams on a crossing route. What do we get? Cole Beasley on a crossing route. What do we get? Uh, uh, Jason Witten crossing route. I mean, that's all crossing routes. No dig routes, no post routes, no double moves, no slant goals. I mean, everything is just generic and as basic as it comes. And, I mean, when you have your quarterback who stands there like he's a stop sign in the pocket and not trying to create plays with his feet, by moving forward to the soft spot, and then the defense giving up what they're giving up. It was just a horrible performance by this Dallas Cowboys football team when having Ezekiel Elliott back, which everyone anticipated it being a game that was going to be a little bit better than what it ended up being like, not necessarily thinking that he would have the greatest numbers in the world, which I thought he could have gotten 100 yards, but he ended up not getting it. And for whatever reason, Marinelli, in my opinion, uh, Lanahan, Scott Lanahan, he comes up and, he calls plays, and before you know it, they're, they're going through this this long shot of passes as opposed to just sticking to running the football and being stubborn with that approach. And for, for whatever reason, it just didn't even look like the Dallas Cowboys today, even with Ezekiel Elliott. It looked totally different than what they've been doing over the last couple of weeks. So um, you look at teams like the Rams and see what Cooper Cup is doing. You see what uh, Sammy Watkins, you see Todd Gurley. I mean, these guys are in rhythm. These guys are in motion. There's nothing lacking in what they have and what they're capable of doing when it comes down to how they're playing as an example of what should be taking place with a team like Dallas, understanding they have to win these two games, but because they lost this one, um, they're one and done. And I don't, they're not going to have a chance, but 
New Orleans took care of Atlanta. I mean, everything was set up for Dallas today. Think about it. Detroit loses. Green Bay loses. Atlanta loses. Seattle won, but yet you still had Dallas, who was right there on the cutting edge of having a chance that they just took care of their business. They didn't take advantage of that opportunity, and that's why they'll be home with us. Matter of fact, we'll be working, Brian, yourself and I, on our show, No Huddle. But they'll be at home watching and listening to us doing all the coverage of everything that's going on in the National Football League, especially in the postseason. Cordell, you know, Ryan Tannehill goes down for the Miami Dolphins, and head coach Adam Gates goes back to a familiar face and Jay Cutler. From what you've seen from Jay Cutler this season, I know he only signed that one-year $10 million deal in Miami. Have you seen enough for Adam Gates to maybe consider, well, maybe we'll bring Jay Cutler back for a second year or decide, you know what, we've seen what we've seen. We'll stick with Ryan Tannehill and Matt Moore. If he wants his job, Jay Cutler won't be on that roster. If he wants to get fired, (laughs) keep Jay Cutler on the roster. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying because what you have is, I think you have players like the Kirk Cousins of the world that may be uh, available. You may have Case Keenum. He may be available. You have Ryan Tannehill right there that you just get him healthy, get him back on the football field. If he's not your guy, but yet you want to go with Jay Cutler and give him another one of those uh, one-year, $10 million deals, or you give him the franchise tag and, and be a and be a, 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 a airhead and do that, he doesn't want his job. Jay Cutler's not going to get you a championship. Jay Cutler's not going to get you in the postseason. Jay Cutler won't give you a chance to win a division, even though they did beat New England down in, that, down in Miami. But that record and that tough time of playing down there in Miami for New England was happening before Jay Cutler even came on the scene. So um, I don't think Jay Cutler will be back. I, I think, you know, and he won't be back in the Fox booth either. Matter of fact, Charles Davis is doing a phenomenal job. They, just so everybody's listening. They don't need him. He's been in this area by himself, please. He's doing a phenomenal job. Matter of fact, his suit is second to none, and he gives you analogies and creates things to give you visuals to allow you to see the game as if you're out there playing it. So Jake Cutler cannot do that. He can't do it. Uh, 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 let him figure out if he wants to play more football. But, yeah, again, if, if Fox brings him in, if, 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 if Miami brings him back, ratings going to go down. Somebody's going to get fired in Miami if they bring Jay Cutler. Every way he goes, he screws it up. Don't bring him back. He's not coming back to answer your question, Nick Foles. I, 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 Nick Ferguson, he's not coming back. I'm about to call you Nick Foles. He's not coming back. Not. <laughs> Just call him Nick. Sir Nick Ferguson, yeah, Nick. you know he's royalty on the NFL on Tuesday. Partner, great information as always. Enjoy your day off, and then we're back at it on Tuesday on NFL No Huddle. Hope you and your son, Sire, have a great Christmas. Hey, guys. Merry Christmas, man. Have fun and enjoy it. I'll talk to you on, what, Tuesday? You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.